shoot a Kira right up. I got to read the rest of that. Yeah, you, me you too. should read the rest of that. You dug Akira. I did. Yeah. I did. It's fucking wild. I watched Akira when I was nine. Dude. I had no idea what was happening. Too much. Just shot for shot. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> the bear like turns around and the shit. And how much did you love animation before that? I mean, I was a big Ren and Stimpy kid probably okay, at that okay, point, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll mess you up, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll, that'll mess you up to where I feel like if you're a Ren and Stimpy kid, you watch everything else that Nickelodeon put out after, and you're, like, puffing on a cigarette. You're like, that's cute. Like, it, like it sort messes of, yeah, you up. Yeah, you're, uh, you're a little jaded, but that mm-hmm. was the 90s, was like, hey, mm-hmm. cynicism rules. Like, you're a kid, like, get hip to, mm-hmm. to hating everything. I never I thought I never Rocco approached Ren and Stimpy in, in cynicism. Like, mm-hmm. there's a big arc in Rocco's Modern Life about making cartoons like the big head son. And I remember like <laughs> that was like the first meta experience. Like, Oh, they're showing me behind the curtain. Like, yeah. And after that, like nothing's funny except for community. Nothing's funny between Rocco and community. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, uh, he doesn't like the office. He doesn't like, yeah, no. Okay. I mean- <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, I remember I there was community. There was a moment in full house when uncle Joey, Dave Coulier's character said he watched Ren and Stimpy because he like corrected another of the characters on the show about what Ren and Stimpy was, where he was like, see, you know, see, Ren's a chihuahua, Stimpy's the cat. Like he made that joke. And I remember as a kid thinking, Uncle Joe, you're not cool enough to like Ren and Stimpy. Like yeah, you, you you're like, too soft. You're too soft. I was like, you like the <laughs> you, Flintstones. You Popeye constantly. <laughs> yes, I'm like, you like old school cartoons. You would be the character that would watch Ren and Stimpy and go, this is gross. Because yeah. I was a little kid that I was like, Ren and Stimpy's not for me. Like I was the nerdy kid that was watching the reruns of Hanna-Barbera shows like, you know, the Flintstones and Scooby-Doo and the Jetsons and that's loving un- that. That's Uncle Joey's That's Uncle speed. Joey. Yeah. That's Uncle Joey's He's too soft for Ren and In Stimpy. Fact, I would say the same Joey thing. Gladstone was named after the Flintstones It's only because he exists within the full house though like if we got to see uncle joey and it's been out in the wild 35 year old single man living in that house alone (laughs) in that bedroom i'm glad we didn't ever get you know speaking of as a 35 year old single man (laughs) but we're talking about he didn't even have a bedroom brother he did not even he lived under the stairs he lived lived under the stairs he was harry potter listen uncle joey had a rad setup i thought because eventually he, did he have got a rad setup, eventually but I within mean, like, like they the, never got into. Let's see what Uncle Joey's doing alone in, in the his arc. Bedroom in the arc night. of Full House, Uncle Jesse yeah. goes from being a single man too, but he yeah. starts a family under the same roof. Yes, in because ash- rent in San Francisco is unpayable, <laughs> and uh, even in the nineties. Yeah. And Uncle Joey is the guy who's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he's hopeless. He's a big. He's a big soft but dummy. Uncle and- Joey, by the end of the show, okay, because look, here's what happened at the end of Full House. We did not get a spinoff the way Friends gave us Joey. No, we got Fuller House. You've we been watching Fuller that? House but now, 20 years later, that's the yeah. next generation. That's it not is. what I'm talking Wait, about. Wait, so where's Uncle Joey in the in Fuller House? I, I think he know. makes cameos. Yes. Uh, that's a great question. I need to look it up, but as all a, I know is... As a is, single 35-year-old man, I need to know if invested? Uncle Joey ever started his own family. Oh, definitely. He did? Here's here's for what sure. I know. Okay, cool. By the tail end of, of I don't know because <laughs> Full House was on for like ten years or something, right? Full House mm-hmm. was like eight to ten years from eighty seven oh to like yeah. ninety seven. We saw Mary Kate and Ashley grow up. We did right before our eyes. A lot of people didn't know it was the same. Or America's two people. sweethearts. Idiots. They tell you right in the credits. Of course, you I know, knew. but nobody knew. That's true. But um, they say two. They names, did a cast. The other one during the closing credits of the final episode. They did a cast bow. The cast mm-hmm. came out and bowed to the live studio audience, mm-hmm. and, and two like, came out, and two Michelles came out, mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know. Really? I didn't know no, that was. Mu- I remember finding no, 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 no. out. You must have known, dude. I'm from rural Kansas. Like, okay, there's no question. Do you have any siblings? Yeah. Any uh, sisters? No. Okay, that's that's your mistake. Yeah. If you had a sister like I did. 
Uh, and not to say that Mary Kate and Ashley wasn't like a child war or childhood phenomenon because it was. But as a kid, I was like, man, that other sister must be so jealous that this <laughs> one gets to do all of this full housework every every week, weekend and week out. Mary Kate and Ashley was a pop culture phenomenon because they had their own series of direct to video movies, like mystery, but, but, and then eventually, yes, and then eventually, pizza. and then eventually, they they were like in movies like It Takes Two with Steve Gutenberg. Right. Like so they had a yeah. I'm of from rom-coms. I'm from a ghost town. There's no mm-hmm. video stores. There's Whoa. no girls my age in the town there's no like so this is why the i Lost only Boys basically awesome. had network tv mm-hmm. right so like i only knew what was on the screen of full house and then wow. the other kids in school were like farm kids and they saw the same thing i did, did but did you did you freak out when aunt viv was replaced from seasons one to seasons two of fresh prince of bel-air do you remember that um that was no. only between seasons <laughs> I, one and two yeah man i remember she I think, did almost nothing from season. aunt viv from that show mm. at all, mm. like she was a very underserviced I'll give character. You that. Yeah, that's true. It's I'll all that. it's all Jeffrey. That's what. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey was the best. It's all fucking Jeffrey. Towards the end, I want to circle back to Joey to, for a second. Mm-hmm. Jo- Uncle okay. Joey, Please. not Joey Tribbiani, but Uncle Joey. <laughs> Let's get into him too. And that spinoff. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Joey, towards the tail end Episodes. of that show, he didn't have an Aunt Becky, uh, mm-hmm. who is the worst we've learned since. It's, it's just terrible now. But yeah. but she just got that. Kind smile, you just trust. She's great, exactly. At a, at a, yeah. From a mile away, Aunt she's Becky's the great, co-host of what? It, Good morning, San wake Francisco, up. or something. Wake up, wake San up, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So Uncle Joey had his own Thank show, you. that Woodchuck with, show with the Woodchuck puppet. Yeah, and he so he became oh, yeah. a little mini celeb in San Fran with local television and as a, like as a comedian towards the like later seasons of mm-hmm, that show. Mm-hmm. And I think there was even a couple of episodes or storylines where like he also dated a woman pretty consistently and like in fact i think he may have dated maybe i'm misremembering um bob saget's co-host of wake up san francisco when aunt becky had to like she took like maternity leave i think have the twins i think maybe i'm wrong but like all i'm saying is that uncle joey towards the end of that show even though the show didn't focus on him they did set him up to be like he found some success Mm -hmm. in his career and also dating wise Mm -hmm. and now the show's over like he stopped wearing these hawaiian shirts all the time but we have to look it up man that that woodchuck puppet i remember as a kid seeing it Mm -hmm. and being like oh this is a ripoff of rocco because he's wearing like Mm. rocco's something very similar to rocco's Mm. triangle Shirt. Oh yeah, he does wear Probably. just like bright colored shirts yeah. with a very angular necktie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian mm-hmm. from Wings is, was like a similar paradigm. It's like this is your as Rocco, as just like the fun uncle of yeah. the show. Like yeah. this is the Funkle, if you will. Mm. There's lots of there's lots of Funkles throughout television. They history. wear bright colored really? button up shirts and mm-hmm. like silly ties. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it was a thing. Nolan, I'm surprised. That you're single, my friend. Well, uh, you're an incredibly you handsome, charismatic, movie loving guy. Thanks, man. You Ladies a, love you, a guy you, who loves movies. <laughs> true. That's why we one, made this. If podcast. there's one thing I've learned, it's that women love men who say they love movies. Exactly. It's the best. Man, nobody had ever seen anything like this podcast once we put it out there <laughs> in the world. We said Every, world. We said Los Angeles. Two dudes coming at you, talking, talking about movies, movies every week. Every lady comedian I follow on Twitter, and there are a lot of them, Hates take this. constant shots at white men doing movie podcasts. <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah. it's the best. Yeah, yeah. Because we, uh, we can stand fair. above that because I'm brown. So yep. that's yeah. the thing we have. Exactly. Is it, when I pitch this to Keller, I'm like, no, 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 it'll be okay. Every week we'll have a guest. I was like, Half can't of do the that. time oh, it'll be wait. women. But yeah, Keller was like, we can't. And I'm like, Keller, look at my face. We can do this. Oh, we have an angle. We have an angle and it's brown. We're good. 
good. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Let's keep it trucking. So take that, white dudes with movie podcasts in LA. We got, we're just a little bit better <laughs> yeah, than you. Just a little. <laughs> just a tiny bit more uh, We've also woke. had a woman on our podcast. Oh, at least once. Yeah. At least. <laughs> Catherine's been on twice. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm keeping track of brown. Catherine's mm-hmm. episodes. Oh, so you want to just get right into that, right? I want to talk about my beef okay. with Catherine We're going to do that, but oh, first, shit. let me welcome everybody to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting across from me is my good white buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say, say hi, Keller. I'm white. <laughs> I threw myself <laughs> off doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say you're right? Uh, yep. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and we oh, have, no, you set me up, yeah. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we have a really, I uh, love tricking you with those, those brown mind games. We got such a good guest today. <laughs> We have such a fantastic guest, I'm Keller. So much. I know already because I mean, normally it's our guest. It's me, yep. Keller. I would love if you would introduce our guest, please, and maybe okay. provide a little bit of backstory. And then we're going to get into <laughs> our our interguest beefs. Can't wait to crack okay. that open. Who do we have on the podcast today, Keller? Today we have a former boss of mine. <gasps> Really? <laughs> yeah. He used to lay down the law constantly, which is like, why. I had two false bookings on this podcast. <laughs> He's taking his revenge. It's exactly what it is. He used to be so mean, telling me to refill the sodas at the Nerd Melt Theater. Uh, former manager at the Nerd Melt Theater, amongst a million other things, uh, Nolan Fabricus. Nolan, thank you. Fabricus. Host of Absolutely Fabricus. <laughs> really? pending, a pending uh, podcast. The Keller's a, a, a what a bit player. What's the we? Whatever I I don't know. He's going to take your Thursdays from here on. Is out. this a podcast where you and a guest will watch every episode of Absolutely Fabulous and so, provide an American perspective in the canon of the fictional need. Absolutely Fabricus universe? Me, Nolan, the character. <laughs> is never allowed to acknowledge that absolutely fabulous exists. <laughs> got it, yeah. got it. it. He plays it like a totally innocent. You're just going to you're just going to love Shrek 2 for no reason. You're just going to love <sighs> Don't get me started on Shrek. Boy, I <laughs> hate the Shrek averse. I hate it. I hate what? every second. Have you of seen it. all the Shreks? Have you seen all of them? No. Okay, I've watched one and I think two on accident. Okay, okay, stop. Then you can't say you hate the Shrek. No, I'm a no. I'm an illustrator like the it the Shrek averse landed in a very uncomfortable place in the uncanny valley. The the mm. design is all, it, half of the characters are seven heads realistic, and mm-hmm. half of them are like mm-hmm. it's I'll the style guide is There's not no is not dialed in. I'll give you that there. So as a designer, it's like this is this is grody. I don't want to live in this world. There's much more wanna... consistency in the other DreamWorks films. Oh, but sure. it's the same thing you run into with Toy Story. Oh, absolutely. But Toy Story has a built-in universe reason for the design discrepancies between the characters. They are toys from different eras, IPs Mm -hmm. within the IP of Toy Story. Then why is everybody so mad about the way Andy looks in Toy Story Mm -hmm. 4? (laughs) Are they? No, I I think they're joking mad because they are acknowledging the fact that Andy from Toy Story 1 looks like a, a pile of garbage. Yeah. He looks like a scary yeah. monster. Uh-huh. They just like inverted uh, colors. With but Nolan, Sid. Nolan, to try and defend <laughs> Shrek for a second, and I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of Shrek the Third. That's the worst. Uh, but Shrek Forever After is a delight. And Puss in Boots was Hector okay. Shrek Minute. Yeah. Uh, don't you think that the reason in universe for the designs to be the way they were is because it is a parody itself of classic fairy tale stories and movies, especially, especially Disney movies. So that's why you have the Fiona Cameron Diaz version. I think as you know, the Shrek, l- right? as the Shrek franchise went on, yeah, the rest of some of these questions 
became like obvious. The world building in other things sort of sharpened all of our brain knives. I'll give you that. So, but Shrek was tied to this loosey goosey two thousand one thing, yes. and as it went on, it was less and less consistent, acceptable to okay. be woven so loosely. So, I, can you honestly say that Smash Mouth has not colored your? Opinion negatively. Listen to me. Listen to me about Smash Mouth because okay. <laughs> listen to me. We've I never shut the we've fuck never up. had a guest say. I listen could, to me. You shut your listen to me. Mouth the out. Smash Mouth phenomenon is fascinating. So, like, I'm not. I'm. I was born in 1983. I yeah. don't think I qualify as as a Gen Xer. But the older kids in the neighborhood were. Yeah. So I was like, in the 82 and up. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to have to have a position as, as on that. What, I'm a to, millennial. To be a millennial, so you, so you would, so you would, Nolan, along if, with Keller and I, be a millennial. I think so, but okay. I would, I would like to say I'm closer to a cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll so, give you that. I'll call you a cuspy. So, like, I was trying to like learn the older kids' like value system. Like, I would listen to Crisscross, mm-hmm. and they would listen to Soundgarden, and they'd mm-hmm. be like, "Crisscross is lame." And I was like, "I guess I like Soundgarden now, even though I didn't like it." Right. I liked. The, I wanted. That kind of cool that, that but I then saw. You're just like jumping the Soundgarden. You can so mix these things together. After at the back half, of the '90s was watching the authenticity of the '90s sort of unravel bit by bit, and they're like, "Hey, Creed is the biggest rock band now. If you like Nirvana, you'll like Creed." And it'd be like, "What? Yeah, no, that's like that's but, the opposite." But, but that did work for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and Smash Mouth was in that phase, and I was like, "This is like super lame." But then All Star was like a catchy thing, mm-hmm. and now people like like it in earnest. Mm, I'm gonna stop you right there. I don't think people like Smash Mouth or Guy Fieri in earnest. I think there's little pockets. There within, are people who do. There are people. That's who, what's confusing. Who res- is like respect, there's a spectrum of irony right. that everyone has to chart themselves. It is. On now. It is confusing, and it has a lot. I to will do go with, to all of those diners, those dive-ins, and those dives. <laughs> speaking speaking about <laughs> Guy Fieri specifically, but if he was sitting alone at the bar eating, you wouldn't sit next no. to him. No, I'd be like, no. I'd, I'd peek at what he ordered, and yeah. I'd be like. That's a bit much for me. I'm <laughs> just going to get the French dip this time. Right. But, I would know, like to. Look good. I would like to connect Smash Mouth, Guy Fieri, and Shrek right now because mm-hmm. they're connected, and it's exactly what you're talking about. And Creed and Nirvana and everything. It's flame it's, t-shirts. It's, it's, it's yes. Flame t-shirts. It's the end of the '90s going into the 2000s into the aughts. Guy Fieri. Is it has become a joke? It's the but genuine fan of all three that we like to make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a. A group of fans that like have acknowledged Guy Fieri is like a decent dude and will feel bad for making fun of him because he's kind of an easy target. Yeah. Because it's like people go, Did you know Guy Fieri like does all of this volunteer work or whatever and like donates this much to charity? All this stuff to make you go, oh, But I'm crap. telling like, you what, it's only a distraction when he shows up. It's like maybe. Oh my god. It's like <laughs> maybe. nobody's helping to build that playground. Everybody's like Guy Fieri's standing over there. I think and- he almost poked my eye out with his hair. As a and Nolan, maybe you can. <laughs> you got to be careful, Keller. Maybe as a as an illustrator yourself, Nolan, you can appreciate my frustration. I am genuinely frustrated with the internet's love of Shrek because I believe it to be disingenuous. I believe it to be meme related. I believe it to be a generation of of young people who grew up even younger than us. Yeah, you have on to do this. Shreks. You have to do this irony math with yes. Shrek, right? And it's like you don't have to do it with any Pixar movies. No, like no one pretends to like Cars. It's like yeah. The, the yeah. irony math is is exhausting it to is. me. It is. It can be. And I and I feel like I can typically weed it out in online 
stuff with Shrek because my first question is always, well, have you seen Shrek Forever After? And when people go, no, I haven't seen the fourth Shrek movie, I go, okay, then you're not a Shrek fan. You're a fan of the Shrek meme stuff. Yeah. You're a fan of the irony. You're a fan of the internet. You're a fan of the idea that there's like a Shrek convention that people, young people dress up like Shrek and go yeah, to. Yeah, you love the thing was like yeah. when the Shrek memes showed up and like people would cosplay as Shrek and how silly that looked. Yeah. Like- the then, Shrek, but Shrek the musical yeah. came out in the last five years or something. I think longer than that. Really? Then it stuck back. around a while. Did you see the His SNL irony sketch where they got, that? they got into the Little. fight at the dinner table over well, Coco versus Shrek two? No, it was a great. It was one of the. One. It was I've one of the great the modern ones. SNL sketches. I've, I've seen the so Weezer one. I've seen the. Um, it's in the vein. Uh, the Weezer one yeah. is the, the sequel part to that. two of yeah. that sketch. Yeah, and it's. It's pointing a finger at this exact phenomenon that's yeah. like, it's funny that someone would like Shrek in earnest. Yeah. But then the characters are listing the cast, and they're Gen- like, you have Titans Genuine. on yeah. this. And it's like, yeah. oh, maybe there are legitimate bona fides to, to the Shrek. The first Shrek like, movie yeah. was so fucking funny when it came I out. As agree. a child who wasn't allowed to see anything, I had never seen an episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> and somehow I landed my ass in a theater with Shrek playing and was not made to leave mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's honestly such a miracle that I wasn't made to leave the theater during Shrek. And uh, I think so Shrek yeah. 2 is really, really good. Shrek 3 was a rush job because they worked on 2 and 3 at the same time. Shrek Forever After, they took them a couple years, and Shrek 4... Talking about the design, they mm-hmm. they I think that they Polished by then had they like, had lightly they had, shaved some yeah. edges off things. Oh yeah, and like, yeah. oh yeah, made it all consistent. So it, it as as a huge fan of like a, like for real animated movies, it bums me out when people go, "I loved Shrek," and I can you know point at their their love of it and go, "I hope you do," because I don't. Because Hector has a genuine love for Shrek. <laughs> yeah, I have a genuine hate for Shrek. Oh, uh, Nolan, but then but also he has a genuine all. hate for. Nolan hates things because of what they did to society. Yeah. yeah. He hates Sufjan Stevens for the very same reason. (laughs) He made everybody play their acoustic guitar and sing real lightly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, like, throw some flutes and horns into it. Whimper singing was like a thing. It's like when when Grizzly Bear broke, I was like, oh, it's more of the Sufjan shit. Yeah. So it's uh, too light We probably have Ben Gibbard to blame. And, oh, don't. We'll Don't even started. get me started, we'll get homie. Started. <laughs> I was fucking so mad. I, I will. I will admit, I have forgiven all of the ill effects on society that Shrek has given us. Because in my heart, I'm like, no, Shrek was good. Shrek was good to me, and I think I like it for the right reasons. But and I Shrek have exists because of The Simpsons. But yeah, I yeah. like the, yeah. this middle ground. That's like it's the it's the irony of the Shrekdom yeah. that is so frustrating that mm-hmm. I can't even begin to like decode it person mm-hmm. to person because. Everyone lands on a different spot with itself, and it's it's a great, it's a great little uh, diorama of the times. It's like the Mm -hmm. irony math, the the cynicism Mm -hmm. math, the like everyone's intrinsic loadout of irony versus cynicism versus earnestness Mm -hmm. is spiraling in all these different directions, working outward from Shrek. Because that's Mm -hmm. what that movie is. The entire that's what it is. It is, and it still asks you to care by the end of the film when sentimental things are happening. You're still supposed to be moved to tears. You're still supposed to, you know. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, like or the like donkey 
and dragon like romance. Yeah, which they, that's yeah. played for laughs. But the Fiona Shrek thing is supposed to be like, no, 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 this is real. And now here's who she really is and has been the whole time. And again, that's why I always bring up Shrek 4 whenever I can. Because people, understandably, like Nolan... We didn't even mention what movie we watched yet. Oh, we will get into it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll shit on Shrek. And I go, well, that's why I love... Shit on Shrek. The fourth one is just, it's a wonderful life. It's the, the premise is Rumpelstiltskin and Shrek set up a deal. Shrek is tired of his, of his, of the, of the, um... The, the stresses this of his family life. Last episode. It happened last yeah. episode. Or two episodes. So ago. then, so then, Rumpelstiltskin's like, "Hey, man, I can give you a day. You just have to trade a day. I can give you a day to yourself, but you just have to give me one of the days of your life." And Shrek's like, "All right, sounds like a good deal." Signs it away. Shrek has a day off on his own, and he's like, "Cool." And then he wakes up the next day, and uh, he wakes up in a universe where he had never been born because Rumpelstiltskin took the day away where he was born. I, I like for, that. I would love to live in that universe where Shrek it's, was never born. It's funny, but also oh, it's all oh sentiment. God, and maybe by the end, that movie will convince you it's not a great universe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, no I'm pumped to watch all four of them right after this. <laughs> I got them in 3D. All four Shrek was 3D? never born, but Fat Bastard was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all it is. Oh, do, you know the, do you know the story all of... All it did uh, was take away from more Austin Powers movies getting uh, made, so that's a plus. Uh, there you maybe. Go. Do you know we that it was, we would have gotten more if Mike Myers didn't have the Shrek to do? Probably not. I think he was done at three. What would he have done then? What What would he have done in place of Shrek? Uh, the Love what Guru do you mean? Eight? No, I don't know. Oh no, Wayne's no. World Three. Man, Wayne's maybe. World Three. But uh, How are we getting a Bill and Ted's Three. Keller, you know about this, but Nolan, do you did you know that Shrek was going to be Chris Farley? No, and Shrek he, was and originally supposed to be Chris Farley, and Chris Farley voiced a bunch of stuff. That's one of the reasons Mike Myers did the role is because. His friend and coworker Chris Farley passed away. I wish DreamWorks you could. Oh, came. You man. can find it on. I wish YouTube. you could hear my gears grinding, like you imagining could, what this. I'm it, watching it. Happen. Farley would have been. That's, that's why Shrek looks the way he does. He's this big, boisterous, you know, physical character. And Farley, you can find it on YouTube. You can find clips of like storyboards. We didn't know this Farley's lesson voice. yet. We didn't know this lesson when Shrek came out. That's like you take the physicality of Chris Farley. Yeah. That's like, hey, he's a big boy mm-hmm. who moves like a little. Boy, mm-hmm. like, like he's a ballerina. and that's silly to watch yeah. someone that size move that mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, um, your gears are which grinding. You could in Ren and Stimpy, they'll animate Stimpy is like Chris Farley, right? He's yeah. a fat cat, but he a lot of that physicality is funny. He has the agility of a cat, but yeah. I don't think the skill level in CG animation was there to sell that. Oh, maybe, no, absolutely not. Maybe it's because we di- they dialed it back when Mike Myers was cast, it's and the possible. physicality jokes weren't so funny, but. The thing about Chris Farley, and maybe we only know this in hindsight, is that 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 loadout is ultimately tragic. Absolutely, uh, all of his characters are tragic. So, yeah. but but the joke where the where the fat guy in the, the fat guy in the little yeah. coat, yeah, 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 yeah. That what happened to Chris Farley, the man, in just the wokeness of culture now, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you don't. See those jokes like body type jokes are like uh, you don't. But I just watched the movie Spy a week ago, a couple days ago. Melissa McCarthy is, I feel like, in a lot of ways, a successor to the energy of Chris Farley. Sure. Melissa McCarthy is beloved. She's hilarious. She has such great characters. Her SNLs are are highlights when mm-hmm. she goes and yep. hosts. And Spy has some physical comedy of like, oh, look how fun it is. Like a bigger person trying to do something that's, you know, she can't slide across the hood of a car. She, can, you know, yeah. she gets into a scooter and falls over. But there's still, I think that her characters are not um, as tragic. They are, they, they are, they're almost like, 
I don't want to say wish fulfillment, but they're like, their stories, especially with Spy, of like, here's a type of person you don't see typically in a story like this yeah. getting the spotlight. We're going to, you know, you know what I mean? We're going to focus on women like Melissa. We're going to focus on people like this and, and give them, a, a, just give them story, which is cool. And it's like Farley's stuff didn't normally, I don't His know. His voice could have carried it though. I think so. And he's just, because he's just a big heart. He was just a big ball of heart. So like Mike Myers came in recorded the role and he was doing a regular voice he wasn't doing scottish because farley mm-hmm. wasn't farley was just doing yeah. farley and you can hear again the tracks like okay donkey let's go and it and it's like farley so myers does that it. exists we can like you can it? find yeah. it okay, on YouTube. i will do that to yes me. that's so, so actors probably got the special feature one of my <laughs> one of my i don't think they put it on i think this is a thing that came out years later and people were like oh okay um but one of my favorite stories about the behind the scenes of Shrek, and then we'll move on for the love of God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is uh, that Why? Mike Myers? Mike recorded most or all of it, and then was messing around at home or something, and then was like, "Oh, but this voice," and did his Scottish. Mm-hmm. So I married Started an axe murderer. Grandfather. So he so he came back to DreamWorks and he goes, "Can I try something?" They tried it, and then he asked them, "Can I please re-record it in this way?" And they like let him. Yeah, which is like cool because it's such an iconic. It's hard to 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 separate a Scottish character with Shrek. It just fe- yeah. it like feels like it fits. So I like that at the time DreamWorks was like, yeah, we'll spend a bunch of money and we'll we'll resources and just do it again. Well, that I mean, Shrek is the the precedent DreamWorks was establishing for their like CG yep. division. So like, yep. the style guide of Shrek is another good example of this. So like, nothing was nailed down at that yeah. point so it was I'll like give you that their pipeline probably was loose enough where it mm-hmm. was like yeah just come in and we're just figuring out how to do this too so we need to know if uh what energy level and which level of camp mm-hmm. we're deciding on mm-hmm. now so like maybe the voice will help yeah, yeah it was just like a right time and place thing to get away with that Killer. 438 <laughs> thank you the Lost Boy of 1987 director Joel Schumacher Vampires, mullets, and the Frog Brothers in 80s California. This was the Buffy of its time. A guiltily pleasurable blend of comedy and horror. If you're in your 30s and remotely cool, this was a big part of your adolescence. <laughs> the end. Good so write-up. if you're in your 30s in 2008... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great write-up, except for that Buffy line. Like, it is a, a thousand percent the precedent... Buffy is built on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, That's there's no, but it said Buffy of its time. I'll give it that. Of its time. Because there's nothing No, else. it's a groundbreaking thing. It's mm-hmm. not... Buffy is, Buffy is, is a reaction. This is, this is a comparison. proactive product where Buffy mm-hmm. is a react, reactive product. Mm. Yeah, but also during this movie I said, it's what we do in the shadows. So mm-hmm. it's all derivative of Dracula or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Nolan... First of all, Bram. thank you so much for um, getting jerked around by Keller and I with our... I'm sick of it. I've about- been waiting to get on mic to vent about this. <laughs> okay, we'll step back here. It's all yours. The floor is yours. Go. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. You have this party at Nerdmelt, the going away party. We get... They nail the doors shut yeah, on us. I did do that. You and didn't I lit do that. a fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm your boss. You <laughs> did not do that under my nose. We're locked no, in this room. That Keller's was so funny. everyone to be on the podcast. Such I accept move. on the condition. I really hate the movie Crash. I was going to uh, be on Crash. Yeah. And then uh, eventually was like, look, I'm a white guy who hates this movie. Uh, this movie takes a lot of liberties with uh, 
everything. You, no one wants to hear a white guy complain about a movie that called him racist. Like, yeah. the, <laughs> like Crash is promised, like, hey, everyone's racist. Yeah. It's, it's fucking um, Love Actually with racism. Did you guys make that same joke? I don't, I don't know. know. That sounds great. right. It's racist. That sounds actually. like something I'd say. <laughs> racism, actually. That sounds Trademark. great. Racism, actually. But no, you were very kind, Nolan. You stepped Hate, back. Actually. You were like, I should, you're like, I shouldn't be the guest on this particular movie. Uh, and. We had our buddy Jay Washington. It was a come great. Ep- it, was it was a great, great episode. episode. He said everything I was going to say with Perfect. a with a with a point of view that uh, <laughs> earns a little more. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was a it was a great episode. And Kelly, you'd never seen Crash, right? I'd never seen Crash. That was a fun. And and Jay saw it when it came out. I was and I so saw it mad. When it came, yeah, it was um it was really really like frustrating to talk about that film to watch it and then to talk about it with everything that's been happening with Hollywood and representation and stuff for it the world. to win Best Picture Man was. And then, and then it happened again with Green Book. It's insane. It just happened again. (laughs) Yeah. Except I had seen Crash. I hadn't seen. I haven't seen Green Book. Have you? Have you guys seen Green Book yet? I I won't. You won't. I mean, I haven't seen some of the greatest movies of all time. So okay. So you're like, why me to make time for Green Book? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's an insult to all those other movies. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, And hey, if you liked Green Book, that's great. It was. uh, It was well made and well acted. It's and just, it's just the, again, it's just the idea behind it's it. A it's a wiffle ball it's, it's, home run hit. Yeah. And then I was supposed to be on the Phantom Menace episode as yes. my rain check. Yeah. But then you met a guy who obsessively <laughs> liked it. And yeah. here's the deal. I've known my buddy, Andrew Polito, Yuma, shout out to Andrew, um, since I was 13 or something. And, and this is the guy who does have a tattoo of Jar Jar Binks doing a kickflip. So it's like, it's going to have to be that guy. I it's like that be guy's that guy. energy and, and so he had a great. very authentic, even though his take on the movie is the opposite of mine. Sure. Like he, Dude, that's what we a, said. It's a he, very authentic he, he came in take. with Phantom Menace is my third favorite Star Wars movie. And by the end of him explaining why, it was like, ah, okay, I'll he, give it to you. He won me over yeah. on... Him, yeah. not on the movie. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Like, like, exactly. Yeah. Like you understand his love for it and you're okay like, with it. Like because his love he's like, it. this movie comes from an honest place. This is an mm-hmm. this is a failure, mm-hmm. but it's an honest attempt to tell a fresh story. Mm-hmm. Use like the creative mm-hmm. motivation behind that it's script pure. is pure. Yeah. And it fails on every level. Yeah. But and and again, it's something we lo- he loved, and we experienced as children. I was twelve, and the same age as, as Andy when it came out as Andrew. Uh, we were twelve, so even when we were watching it with him, I was pointing out like, "Yeah, look at this acting choice that's happening here. Look at what George Lucas is, is getting from his actors." Something Andrew had never even noticed. Yeah, he do was you like, ever oh. see those like uh, featurettes and stuff where it shows him directing on a full green screen set? No, and no but I heard about him. He's directing the energy out of the actors. The actors are doing better takes, and then yeah. George Lucas is saying, like, you need to not raise your eyebrows when you say that line. He's, he's, yeah. he's siphoning the energy out of the actors who are working very hard to put energy on camera when it's green screen on three walls around them. Yeah. And he's like, no, play it drier, play it drier. It's like he's bleeding the life out of the actors that is what they're being paid for. So it's wild. It, it, it's upsetting on a lot of levels, but I wasn't upset at his take. I was I upset at my ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It you needed Kiefer Sutherland. So you've, so you've now been won over by the two of the guests who were here in, in your place. And now we come to the movie we're talking about tonight. And now you're finally here. And I'm so glad you are, man. You're such yeah. a great dude. I've Just, barely met you two and a half hours ago. Don't, don't, 
And Flatter me. I'm, I'm serious. Don't say it. You got a great big thick watch. How are you single? Look at the size of your watch. Oh, watch that big. Damn. That's the watch of a. I've been blinded. I've had this watch for ten years. It's gone like years? out of fashion and in uh, fashion. How do you tell breaking. time through those bars? You learn. That's every, <laughs> that. every clock face. That's that, what a man says. You learn. Every you clock learn, face son. that doesn't have these bars trips me up. No. <laughs> You're like that's so you clear. What? Just gotta... Digital readout. Hang on. <laughs> What is it? 12, 12, 37? I don't yeah. know if you guys knew it did that, too. Whoa. Whoa. So it flips up. The bars just, flip he open. He just popped it open like an old-timey diver's helmet he came off. He can look at the, the horizon mm, see. and see yeah. how much longer there is until the sun goes down. It's <laughs> <laughs> so just a sundial. Exactly. You the sun through it. Uh, oh, my goodness. But, but the, the, all of this to say, Nolan, we're here. We're talking about the Lost Boys. How did you end up on The Lost Boys? Keller was sending you lists of movies that we were going to tackle. Why Why this film? I don't know. I, I love The Lost Boys. I would watch it as a kid and as a Kansan in California. The Lost Boys was like, this is what mm. life is like for someone your age in California. Mm. There's beaches. There's concerts with oiled up men playing saxophone. <laughs> Everything is extreme. All the haircuts are fucking rad. Everybody like, rides dirt bikes everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we had dirt bikes in Kansas too, so that was. But not in the city, man. It was <laughs> right. It was like the, beach. the the world building and blending, and just the like California and youth is what's for sale in that movie. And yeah. as a Midwest kid in the eighties, just feeling isolated. We didn't get MTV. We didn't even get VH1 till I think ninety seven or eight. Like wow, the Lost Boys was like this is what other kids. In America are experiencing, Mm -hmm. and that's what I want, and this is the life I want, and it's out there, and now I'm living it, watching... You've made it. Looking backwards, (laughs) watching it through the magic box. You're living it. Yeah, what was your experience? When did you move out to L.A.? 2012. I was in Kansas until I was 28. Wow. I moved out here in 2011, but I grew up in San Diego, which is two hours from L.A., so same thing. You probably went to L.A. often in your life. Disneyland and whatnot, sure. Sure. We would see movies like Falling Down mm. or Terminator 2 and be also, like, life in L.A. is hell. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, we're not. Crazy. We don't want to live in L.A. Mm-hmm. Joel Schumacher, again, same director. We want to live in Santa Clara. Santa we want to live in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wherever E.T. was, that neighborhood in mm-hmm. the valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. What? Just you- kidding. It looks <laughs> shitty where they lived in E.T. I haven't seen E.T. Except for when he goes and finds into the forest. We don't have to get into E.T. <laughs> <laughs> What's your take on L.A. up to this point now that you've been here for seven years? I love it. I'm locked out of home ownership here, yeah. and I'm not in Kansas. So that's sort of an ego hit as a 35-year-old man. Like <laughs> I'm clearly being denied basic uh, dignity. <laughs> What's dignity anymore, man? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and man. Trump's America. We talked uh, for 45 minutes about Shrek. What's yeah, dignity? we did. Exactly. <laughs> what stick? What are we doing? I feel dignified after doing that. Same, dude. In a British accent. Exactly. Uh, um, I do love LA. I was like, I saw that we're. Are you guys trying to hide your address? Do you want people to know you're in Sherman Oaks? Not my. You can exa- bleep it. Not my exact address. We're in Sherman Oaks, California. <laughs> Could you just please. There don't was say a softcore the- porn series on Showtime when I was growing up called. Sherman Oaks. So yeah, I was, where we live. I was, <laughs> where we live. Yeah, we were Google, shot in this apartment. Google the show Sherman Oaks, and okay. it was Showtime softcore porn. Wow. I would hope to catch in between static. Like, Do you want to go fuck on Ventura Boulevard? <laughs> <laughs> How about Sepulveda? Let's fuck. <laughs> Let's go to the Best Buy. How about the Arclight? Wow, over there Let's on fuck. Van Nuys Boulevard? Yeah. Let's fuck. Let's fuck. <laughs> Let's go to the Japanese Botanical Garden that doubled for Starfleet in an episode of The Next Generation. 
It's got to be in the show Sherman Oaks. Like <laughs> we didn't get be. Showtime. I was catching it between Static. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So did you grow up in a cave? Kinda. Kansas yeah. wow. Cave. <laughs> Kansas City Cave. That's cool, man. It's did a, you connect to Superman in any way as a child in Kansas? I liked Superman, but I I don't like the the campiness of the old Superman mm, movies. Okay. But I like that like. His like childhood scenes of him growing up that is mm-hmm. very accurate to what where I was from. So how, how are you on the show Smallville? Uh, didn't like glossy WB okay. teen production. So okay. I like I got a little bit into Dawson's Creek around that age, but mm-hmm. Smallville didn't take. You know when you're from Kansas and you bring it up all the time, like I do. Uh, <laughs> people they go straight to Wizard of Oz, and that's ah oh, no, that's, I go straight to Superman. That's so that's yeah. Both protagonists like the thing is like well they're morally mm-hmm. good. S- Ironclad because mm-hmm. they're from rural Kansas, so the, were, their morality were, were is unassailable. Right. They were yeah. raised right. Yeah. yeah, I assume your parents are Jonathan and Martha Kent. Like I, not, right. not not far off. My mom's a kindergarten teacher, and my dad repaired oil pumps. They are them. Yeah, yeah. It's are you not, an alien? Real salt of the I got earth. one thing's for sure. I have ironclad morality. Yeah. You can't okay. you can't <laughs> question my moralities. I would I would never do that. Again, ladies, he's single. <laughs> Again, ladies, if there's anything the ladies love, it's men who say they love film. And, and right now, he's got the facial morality. hair of Henry Cavill and well, Fallout. Can, you cannot question any <laughs> my of my decisions. decisions. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking. No one's Thank you for I, the disclaimer. I, did, I liked Man of Steel a lot more than almost anyone on earth sure. because it it really put your feet down in Kansas. The people you went to high high school with mm-hmm. are managing IHOPs mm-hmm. and Pete Rock. Pete they Rock, deserve yeah. a, a, a dignified portrayal. That's not. I agree. A, like, but uh, don't you think that? that but don't you think that? Because uh, uh, to talk about Man of Steel for a second, don't you think that the way that the the, the Pete character? Because really, the the characters we see in the movie Man of Steel, other than um, Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, and then Little Clark Kent, is like the Pete friend character right and little lana lang yeah little lana lang for two seconds and then the pete ross character grows up to become like the manager of ihop yeah don't you think and the and the and the actor they cast to play that character was like a little overweight had red hair mm-hmm. like did you think that that was played for like oh this is kind of the best that this guy can do or did you think it was a dignified if i thought it was as dignified as it could be okay. like you can if you're from there you feel the low ceiling on what you're allowed mm. to achieve in life it, it, when you're young mm-hmm. and you're looking around at the adults. And I was like, I don't want to do any of the things the adults in this town are doing, right. which forces you to reckon with like, well, I'm either going to leave yeah. my home and my family or I'm going to accept working at the grocery sure, store. Like, sure. and, and people who choose that fork don't deserve to be condescended to or looked down on. And, Agreed. And I... That's sort of unless they were a piece of shit in high school. <laughs> and there were plenty of those too. Sure. Uh, but that's one thing I liked about Man of Steel. I don't think I've seen in many other movies that like, you know, that's why like you try to champion Roseanne as a sitcom. It's like no one's telling the stories of yeah. the people from the towns that are destroyed by meth, uh, and no one's yeah. telling. Uh, not to defend Roseanne, but like that's well, why we're, I like. We're talking Boy. old Roseanne. Like, the movie Boy, the Taika movie, is yeah. about growing up in isolation in a very yeah. small town in poverty. Like I love those stories specifically, yeah. and mm-hmm. for all the problems with Man of Steel, it you like that. Part it of didn't it. make this one mistake that a lot of movies that tell stories yeah. about rural people. T- yeah. Kevin Costner in in Man of Steel mm-hmm. is my actual dad. He's like. All the like clothes he wears, mm-hmm. the like kind of like he works 
outside, so he's like tanner. Mm-hmm. He's got like a little bit leathery skin. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's a line in Man of Steel where he's like, "I took this to the metal or just to Kansas State." And he didn't know what to make of it. That yeah. is like such a real yeah. thing. And I went I to Kansas that. State. Like, I loved all the Kansasisms in it. You know what I would have loved is, and I totally agree with you, Nolan. Like, movies need to do that more, depicting that level of like economic life and that yeah. you know and doing it in a, through a dignified yes. lens or not even a dignified lens it just isn't like a look how sad this is right vibe i would have loved if because the movie sort of hinted at this but never did this in my opinion the idea that clark kent didn't wasn't as aware of like a secret identity when he's growing up you know mm-hmm. as opposed to when yeah. he gets to metropolis puts on glasses he's like clark kent the reporter and he kind of hunches a little bit and he kind of wears baggy clothes blah 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 I would have loved it if they leaned into the idea growing up. Everybody in that town knew what this kid did and, mm-hmm. like, protected him. Yeah. And they kind of, they again, There's some they comics hinted, that do that. Like, yes. And I don't want to name the guy who was writing Superman, and that was, like, the, that was a Max Landis thing. <laughs> I think when he was doing, he was doing, like, American a small Alien. little thing. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was, like, the town had to, like, sort of circle up on this kid and, yeah. and protect I dig him from that. the world. It's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a great way to do it. we got to edit out anyone saying Max Landis had a great idea in yeah. any way, shape, or form. True. Agreed. <laughs> um, yes. True. But uh, I'm glad you brought up Taika. You Brian got beef. Burn. You got beef, brother. What's oh, yeah. Beef? I'm glad we're still allowed to talk about this. So Catherine, in her, her I don't know if it was her first appearance, but her second to most frequent. Say her say her first and last name. Call her out. Catherine Leon. Whoop, 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 my, whoop. my ex-best friend. Should we call her? And... Yeah, I mean, well, she's going to want phone. a chance to defend herself. Exactly. She, she changed from boy being her favorite Taika movie to Wilder People being her favorite Taika movie. Mm. And she I don't, didn't, I don't think she said that. She said that. And you, I think you did it too. I don't think you guys realized the gravity Ooh, of what no. you were saying. Ooh. I, th- I still <laughs> prefer boy, but Hunt for the Wilder People is a better. <gasps> Polished oh. altogether movie. I just want for the record to state I've never not said it's Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Taika. Thank that you. is true. He's Wait, always hadn't said that. you not seen Boy? Am I misremembering? He's that? seen I've Boy. Seen oh. I made him watch Boy. And it's not your favorite. Wonderful. By no, mile? Still Thor. Still Thor. It's I don't know. Still my favorite. I'm not saying Thor is the best film. I'm saying my favorite. Is it because within the genre superhero movie, Thor is such a breath of fresh air? Absolutely. That yeah, absolutely. That's, and it's fucking hilarious. It's because I love Taika stuff, but I love almost more than that. Talking about his ascendance, yeah. that Taika is in the Marvel world. That's yeah. that's the thing I'm fucking jazzed about. But please, I mean, go he was on. in the DC world. <laughs> he was. Was he? he and was. now he's going to be a character in the new Star Wars show. That yeah. robot. Wilder People is a lovely, lovely Thank romp. You. Romp. Thank it's you. film. But it doesn't have the weight that Boy does. And mm. after you digest that weight, I miss it when it's gone. It has Damn. that weight. It doesn't have the weight. It flirts I think with it the weight. It, it with flirts. Sam Neil. Keller, how do you respond to that? Nolan just called you a piece of shit. Yeah. Story of my <laughs> life. I'm used to it. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Boy is a much darker, more personal film. Mm. But Hunt for the Wilder People has found a way to still give you a glimpse into that world. They do still show you yeah. that he has wow. been neglected constantly. Wow. But it doesn't, it flirts. Nolan, it how flirts. are you going to respond to that? Keller just brought your lovely kindergarten teaching mother into this. How do Listen, you respond you to this? piece of shit. <laughs> I told flirts. her. I told her she shouldn't have left that kid in the middle of the forest. <laughs> it, beef, beef, it, beef. It, it flirts with heaviness where they're around the fire and he's talking about 
his friend who was a girl in the foster system yeah. who just died and no one told him why. Yeah. There is some real darkness in the foster system that exists on a macro level mm-hmm. that none of us are really prepared to look in the face. Unless you watch Short Term 12. Mm, true. Uh, and I haven't because it's that. It'll yeah. <laughs> fuck you up, brother. It's hard, man. It's heavy. It film. is. Great movie. But you'll see everybody famous in it. But yeah. the Wilder people flirts with it and doesn't really jump it in that can't. pool. You have to think I know that it, the... I, I agree with you. It can't. Yeah. But boy threads the, the heaviness and lightness like balance like so expertly mm, that Wilder does. people missing that heaviness. Makes it not as. I think Hunt for good. the Wilder People would just make people watch Boy, though. So. Definitely more mainstream, I would say. I showed yeah. my family Wilder People because it is a romp, and my parents mm-hmm. can always mm-hmm. si- be signed up for a good romp. And it's we watched it, funny. and they liked it, and my mom said it was cute, like mm-hmm. after it was over. Mm-hmm. But if they watched Boy, which would be more challenging for them because the accents are thicker yeah, and got, like. Gotta have the subtitles. I've never. And it's hard to find it with subtitles. Mm-hmm. They should watch Boy because it's not exactly a romp. No. Mm-hmm. And like when I was in college, I watched the movie Big Fish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's just a father-son movie, man. That reminds me of my dad. Yeah. I'm going to make my dad watch Big Fish for this emotional like yeah, feeling I felt. He felt weird after it was over. <gasps> like It was like awkward between us after that's I so did funny. that. That's so funny. I, I th- must have been 2020 when Big Fish came Big out. Big Fish is so good. It's it Tim Burton's best movie. Agreed. In my opinion. Agreed. No. I like it. I like a Ed Wood. I like a Ed Wood. I like a Mars Attacks a little oh, bit better. I watched Mars Attacks on the plane on the way home from Italy, and it could be that. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is like... <laughs> those, are, those are the three. Fun, and I like Edward Scissorhands, too. We, but. I think we can agree Big Fish is his most emotional movie it's it's a it's more i think it's more vulnerable very than vulnerable. Anything yeah, like very that. vulnerable that vulnerability Death isn't feels. a isn't a tim burton trait and Correct. big fish is mm-hmm. that it's 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 rare in that and i think we can also agree back to taika eagle versus shark is his weakest film yes it's at the bottom there's of nothing the list. wrong with it yeah um but weakest. i i watched it when i was in college mm-hmm. because fly the concords was, was very hot mm-hmm. um and it had jermaine in it and i watched it and i sympathized with the protagonist exactly as much as i was supposed to mm-hmm. i it was an emotionally honest movie that mm-hmm. like flirted with humor. Mm-hmm. Liked it, didn't love it. It's exactly what it should have been for that skill level of director at that yeah. time. Yeah, and now we've got Taika Waititi now, and he's just the best. He's crushing it. I'll yep. go ahead and say right now that I prefer Boy, mm. but Hunt for the Wilder People has more rewatchability. Mm. Hunt yeah. for the Wilder People I'll can be that. thrown on any time. I think that's that. true for your normal plebeian movie watcher, Whoa. but I've seen Boy no. <laughs> maybe, maybe 25 times. You called me a plebe? Wow. No, what you're saying is true. more true about plebes wow. than it is for men like us who wow. are white men with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> White up man here with- in my loft i'll watch boy on repeat <laughs> white man with podcast and then i i gotta give you guys both of you uh the final word on um how you have insulted Catherine this day well you know if she wants to poke her head out of the hole in the ground she's been hiding in Whoa, she fuck. can defend herself oh, she's a, this is called a gauntlet being thrown down she like, yeah. has not been as present in my life lately as she had been in the wow. past and i would love to tell her this to her face but anytime you ask her to hang out she's working she's very busy <laughs> yeah. she's talk about ascending Catherine is, is she's all over the place becoming a cultural force she's everywhere seriously she's a phenomenon truly 
Keller. So stoop down here and (laughs) defend yourself to us. White men with film podcast. I think they're both great films, and I think that they will both end up on the list of the 500 greatest films (laughs) that we're creating Mm -hmm. because Uh, we have two very passionate people Uh who've been on our podcast talking about Mr. Taika Waititi. Anything you want to say to Catherine? You've you've really insulted her. Uh, Catherine, I saw you yesterday. We had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Great. It's great. It's great. Um, So... There's so much to unpack with... When got gelato, I made pasta. That sounds great. Yeah. With The Lost Boys. Uh, Keller and I had never seen it. I want to ask you, Nolan, because you love this movie so much, and it was a big part of your coming up and your upbringing. And I, I want to I'll just claim credit for it. Your eventual decision to move to Los Angeles mm-hmm. was in part because of The Lost Boys. No, it was... It was fully for a job. It was fully... I was 28, and I got a job opportunity in Los Angeles. It's like, if I'm... Busting but, out, but be real, but be real. Did the you watch second, Lost Boys on the plane? The second you got that email, did you hear a saxophone call, solo? You heard the saxophone call. You're like, this, <laughs> I could, this is my chance. I could see the crowd. I could see the barrels with fire in them, and I could so see the man smoke, honking on a tenor saxophone while humping the air. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I when I got to LA, I went to the ocean and saw the ocean, and I was like, this doesn't feel how I expected it. You to didn't feel. I don't want to get in the ocean. No, it's cold. Uh, well, it's here's cold. the difference. It's a, it's a brick it's wall. You cannot. You've seen travel. Beyond, mm, like no. it, mm. if the ocean felt oppressive to me when I saw it in person, it's because Whoa. it's the largest force Powerful. of nature yeah. on earth. Yeah. You know what you got to do? <laughs> That'll fucking yeah. murder you, yeah, bro. Have did. you seen City of Angels with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan? No, I oh. wholeheartedly rejected that. Oh. I hated that Goo Goo Doll song so much. Oh. I would not watch the movie. Oh, you have to watch this film. I haven't It'll seen it. change your mind on the ocean. <laughs> It'll change your mind on the ocean. It's amazing. Change my mind. Nothing's going to change my mind on the ocean. I'm from yes, Kansas, bro. I can't. I'm in Congress with the ocean. I can't no. coexist with it until you. It has to die or I do. Until you watch City. Of Angels because City of Angels Tell us why. has a character played by Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue, Dennis Franz. Okay, and perfect. In the film, he plays an angel who was. Uh, Wait, did David Milch direct this? I don't know who directed it. Who <laughs> gave up immortality to be human and live on Earth, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're an angel and you're immortal, mm-hmm. like it sucks. You can't mm-hmm. taste, you can't feel. Oh, uh, tell me about supply. it, dude. Mm-hmm. Story of my life. So Dennis Franz is this fallen an angel. angel. <laughs> and he tells Nicolas Cage that no matter what happens, you got to go into the ocean, you got to run, you got to dive in there naked. I have to do what? And that's living. And then you'll, then you'll feel it. You just yeah. feel the ocean envelop you. Because fear is life. Yeah. That's man. the scariest thing I can imagine dude, doing. You it's mean to the, tell me sharks are life, dude? Best. Hard pass. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. I, I totally believe that. And maybe yeah. the, the story of my life will be me facing oh and overcoming that fear. And then I can... Die it's going to be the mind. Truman Show. But I'm 35. Wait, I'm not ready to die. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight that fight That's right now. Point. Okay. All right. You can have it. You can have your ocean. It's have pretty ocean. to look at we're on done. film. We're, we're done with this podcast in 10 years. You'll be one of our last guests, and we'll be like, Nolan, have you jumped into the ocean naked yet? <laughs> no, last episode, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's, that's going to be like last Godfather, episode. our guest, Naked Nolan, yeah. coming up out of the naked ocean. Series arc. Series arc. Perfect. Nolan, what was your take on rewatching The Lost Boys Today, when was the last time you saw it? Oh, I haven't seen it since I was a basic cable viewer. Like it, I had never seen it. That's not the like TNT edit, you know. So, so so they know drama. (laughs) (laughs) Unedited. You were you were surprised at a head explosion. Yeah, Yeah, there there are shots that are definitely cropped at it. Like every time I watch a movie from this era, I am. I re-fall in love with practical effects. I love mm-hmm. splashing liquid. I love skulls and... Fog like, machines. Um, yeah. Fade, fade like ins and pipe outs. bombs in cars. Yeah. Or... Uh, sparks. Sparks. Like on-camera sparks that then things actually Mis-colored catch on fire. Miscolored contact lenses. I, I love mm-hmm. those isms in movie. I love... 
the time where you didn't have the option of the computer to make something mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. exactly how you want it to look. You had mm-hmm. reality was a barrier had to, to you make it creating. look as best as you could. So they'd have to. There's no CG where people fly up, so they'd have to go. Yeah, and then just whip the camera, and then there's a person there, as if they flew up to the second story. Like, whoa! Humans have won that battle against unreality Nature. so so handedly mm-hmm. that like it doesn't the challenge of representing a human being lit on fire mm-hmm. without hurting the human like mm-hmm. that we've won that war we can do that mm-hmm. a thousand so why do you cg is what you're saying well it's just i don't know it feels earned yeah. when you watch it i don't i don't yeah. want to be a snob about it but it does have a different weight mm-hmm. than watching ghost rider's skull and the nick cage ghost rider be a flaming skull like mm-hmm. What if they did Ghost Rider practically? That would that. That'd how much so more cool fun they, would that be to watch? They go through stuntmen yeah. like That'd crazy, wild. Yeah. but it'd be worth it. That would be wild. How many uh, people would die? Um, so what? So what was your takeaway, Nolan? Rewatching it today, and then Keller and I will get into sort of our overall thoughts. Yeah, there's there's some awkward beats in scenes, especially in like the scenes with more dialogue that like a lot of these actors and actresses are allowed to get by on their. Intrinsic charisma. Mm-hmm. There are there's some awkward pauses in conversations, especially in like the urgent ones with like Corey Haim talking to his mother, mm-hmm. and then there's an awkward pause, and they the actors look at each other because it's someone's missed their cue, but mm-hmm. that is the take they left in the thing, mm-hmm. and it's just small little hiccups I didn't notice first time through because your your brain knives have been sharpened since then. Yeah, my brain knife is razor sharp. Yeah, obviously. Oh Again, ladies, third time he is single. <laughs> This dude has brain knives, <laughs> but nothing that's deal break. I love the I love the metaphors that like the the older brother it, who's the high school age brother that like becoming a vampire is this character test mm-hmm. for you. That's like mm-hmm. you're young, you are never going to be stronger than you are right now. Mm-hmm. It never occurs to him to like lock that in for life. To like you are young, you are hot, and you can be young and hot forever should you choose. All you have to do is start murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. And that the, that the younger brother is – plus I'm just a sucker for brother stories because mm. I have brothers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I love Wings. I love uh, Tenenbaums. I love – I don't like Darjeeling. I feel like Darjeeling gets brothers wrong. It mm. does. I but like that, that one. That's another reason I like Boy. I'm a sucker for brother mm. stories. That little brother is the best. Mm. Uh, Step brothers. Great. And the Frog brothers are also brothers they're in this. Brothers. But I don't get it. They're, they're too one note. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like <laughs> – the Frog brothers are more of a plot. Mm-hmm. convenience than characters mm-hmm. like they're so uh yeah i still absolutely love this oh, movie the word times. you said more than any other righteous word. righteous it's right yeah when scenes would play out like and cool <laughs> shit was yeah, happening the movie would pivot yeah it's always like a righteous moment like the yeah. lighting the fog the, the music like, the song choice yeah was Every, always really oh, music supervision 80s. on this movie yeah, yeah. Oh this God. movie was a music video yeah yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. This oh. movie, he name checks MTV twice during yeah. the movie. As if, it, as if it's like, as if it's children like, needed for sustenance. This is for you. Yeah. <laughs> Keller, what were your overall thoughts? I thought this movie was exactly what it was going for. <laughs> yeah. It, man, mm-hmm. I don't know. Someone walked into an arcade and took notes <laughs> on these dumb kids' conversations. My like, kids. all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the movie that they made. Yeah. And all it is made for is to make kids. Young boys want to out. live in California. Yeah. <laughs> live in California yeah. and, and fight be evil. able to fly yeah. and have fangs. Yeah. 
and kill the dad from Richie Rich. <laughs> but man, he was, really, he was pretty sympathetic up until that reveal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a good job. And you're you, like, oh you, man, he ate all that garlic. You really did ruin that for us. <laughs> you you, you really led did. me into really? it. I, I fought spoiling it the whole movie. <laughs> you didn't know then, that we haven't seen that movie. We yeah. told you. You, you led point, me into it. What did you, you say? Good. No, at one point, Nolan, uh, Keller was like, oh, is is Max actually a vampire? The, the dad from Richie Rich who was courting the, the Corey's mom. And Keller, I think, flat out asked you, and you were like, I'm not going to tell you. And Keller was like, man, I'd love to see him with the makeup. And then the whole scene happened where he was tested, and he wasn't a vampire. Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay, cool. He's not, and this you, is, this you is were, a sitcom. Were, and also, did they make up a rule? Yeah, they, so of where course. So like, where uh, uh, you can't do that once he's been invited in, yeah. idiot. Loses his power. But then, later, we were trying to figure out who the something of the group would be. The, the Peter vampire. Pan. Because the you're, tra- Pan. you're tracking Pan. the Lost, Lost Boys metaphor. Yeah, exactly. That, like, Kiefer so, uh, is the... Rufio, and when Kiefer died, uh, you're like, so the the Peter Pan is Wendy Michael. Of this thing. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy is Wendy because Wendy mom. doesn't want to leave Neverland. Wendy's the mom, and Michael is, I think, one of the children yeah. from Peter yes. Pan named Michael. Okay, the yeah, one with true. the top hat. True. Yeah, and then uh, the little baby's Corey. So Hayes. yeah, no, when you're like the Laddie. Peter, the yeah, Peter Laddie. Pan. But we were died. like, we were like, who's Peter? Who's and, Captain and, Hook? Oh, yeah. And I assumed Kiefer was the was the alpha vampire. So yeah. I went, oh, it's Kiefer. And then you were like, no, it'd be Max. And I didn't, then yeah, and then so. Keller went, you just ruined it. And I was I didn't inside even, the I metaphor. Thought were, I, I thought didn't you know were like playing. messing with us. <laughs> so I was like, uh, no. But then Keller was like, you just ruined it. And then you were like, yeah, I, I did, I did. <laughs> and I was like, ah, shit. Sorry yeah. for trying but to jump on the Peter Pan. Thing. Great reveal because he's a, he's a very kind eyed and gentle mm-hmm. actor. Yeah, I'm like, the, man, where's Macaulay Culkin? He's going to come mm-hmm. in here and uh, use money to save the day. Where's Lorelai Gilmore, your daughter in Gilmore Girls? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's he's true. He's good on that show. That's a thing. He's good I on that show. Also, loathe that show. So. You loathe it? That's Have good. you seen it? Do you hate what it did for fast talking TV yeah. shows? Yes, that's basically <laughs> it. That's like it's when different. you watch it, like, no one talks like this. I can't. Yeah. I exactly. Can't put my well, feet no one down. talks like they do on Cheers. Maybe in Boston. I Maybe bet in Boston, Boston everybody's like that much of a quick Cheers asshole. is the way every. Yeah, everyone talks like Cheers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Do everybody's hate, way do too you hate brick? quick to be in mean. Um,. Oh man, I remember liking Brick when I saw it, but yeah. it's one of those things that's it's from the odds. Uh, you rewatched yeah. it from really... for our podcast, and you decided you didn't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, a huge how fan. are you? That how are happen. you on Juno? Um, I'm just picking all the things where like people don't talk like. Yeah, that. you're right. I didn't like Juno. Do you like any Aaron Sorkin? I like the emotional core of. Juno. I do too. Yeah, I, I love Juno. Yeah, on a long enough timeline, you turn on every Sorkin product. You just can't like the time. Social time, network too. The time, Reznor Atticus Ross score doesn't hold it for you. <laughs> time is never kind to Sorkin. Wow. That's films. true. Like it's my my overall thoughts on the Lost Boys is this movie was not what I was expecting mm-hmm. at all because I have felt like the Lost Boys in pop culture has had this teen, you know, young adult, early twenties sexual, sexy, bad boy, biker gang, 80s feel. And as we were watching the movie, and then as I read up a little bit on Wikipedia, and I almost wish I kind of didn't, I realized, I learned, the movie was originally supposed to be younger characters, more like the Goonies, hence Corey Feldman, hence mm-hmm. Corey Haims' character. And that it was like, you know, almost like Monster Squad, where it was like this, te- this group of Before young Before it was going to be way more Corey's. Star was going to be a boy. Like, it was going to be like this kind of boy's adventure. And when Joel Schumacher, and it was going to be Richard Donner directing it, coming off of the Goonies. When Joel Schumacher uh, signed on to direct, 
because Dick Donner couldn't do it. He insisted on aging up the characters, making it sexy. And there were there were like a couple of scenes where I was like, this does not mesh together. The comedy that they were going for with Corey, where he's like yelling some rules and yelling stuff to his older brother, and then the smoldering, you know, sex stares yeah. that are happening between the brother and Star, the female character, the vampire in the movie, in the bedroom. And I'm like, I, I'm like, Joel Schumacher's trying to make this sex movie while still at like yeah. doing the So script. you're saying that the 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 original intention to make Corey Haim the the protag yeah was distracting to me I yes. almost I almost wanted to like I think the cut or minimize all that stuff and even the Frog Brothers I'm like ah I'm like what would this but maybe the world wasn't ready for the full on young sexy sexy vampire thing and this is this is like to me it's like a transitional film not yeah, just for vampire it, it found stuff. something new yeah it found something new almost on accident not to take anything yes. away from Joel Schumacher's intentions but I feel like the for me, a fan of brother fiction, sure. The concept of brotherhood as the protagonist of this movie that the brothers love for each other kept him human that like mm-hmm. he freaked out he could have not helped his brother back. Mm-hmm. True. And, you know, it could like, have been about much that. more compelling in the Goonies. Mhm. The, so yeah, does, the brotherhood relationship in the Goonies is fucking righteous too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. So yeah, it's like it's some and, stuff feels shoehorned into this crazy vampire punk rock, and yeah, I, everybody a looking punk rock with the amount of sex. Imagine when the Lost Boys came hilarious. out, and there's like no precedent for that. Yeah. For like the half new wave, half half crust yeah. punk, mm-hmm. Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. young teen culture. Like it was so fucking cool. It was like. <laughs> I, be, I get it. You can't make it. coolness from scratch anymore. All coolness is like derived from former coolness. Mm-hmm. I guess they did have that fucking giant portrait of Jim Morrison. They, yeah. they beat you over the head with. And <laughs> oh, my God. They later. really do. We're like the Doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts with the cover of the Doors song. Yeah. But this whole movie was super entertaining to watch. Like, still, for the most part, holds up. There's no, there's no like, sad 80s, like, oh, they had a really warped idea about dating or sexuality. Or like, none of that stuff cropped up, which is cool. It was just super fun. It's yeah. just a very fun Cheesy, time. corny, fun. I'll never watch like, this movie again. Some of the humor oh, really? was a great time. Yeah, some like, of the humor didn't work for me, but I was when like, When they remake yeah. this movie, eventually, yeah. I'll rewatch it then. Yeah, that sucks. I, it sucks that they're going to do that because you know they're going to do that. Well, they're gonna do does it. it though? Because I, yes. I was thinking about it. This movie, unless they use all practical effects, yes. Well, here's, they here's, should do a combo. We should actually see somebody here's, fly. Here's we what I would actually love. see. Yes, lean in on practical. Have it be lower budget than something that's like a hundred million dollars. Obviously, just make it right? super bloody and, and stuff. Still, and even though they they'll make it, I don't want it to be for me. I want it to be for teenagers whenever they make it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. yeah. this captured eighty seven. This and this had that that bleeding edge of coolness. What yeah. is that today? That's what the new Lost Boys. I think it's just be. Brandon Wardell. <laughs> yeah, just get Brandon Wardell to be He's, the Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> character. Who's that? I would watch that. He's a comedian. He's a young. He's a young stand-up, and there's not a ton of young stand-ups. Yeah. So like he's yeah. the, he's the go-to name for young comedy. Cool. Like uh, millennial that, like, comedy. Brandon Wardell is Kiefer Sutherland works. And I only don't because he's like so good at being a dick. dislikable. Yeah. That, like yeah, but he would tell you the same thing. Like exactly. it would. I'm for it. Like, if they make this, we're going to be so rich for it's thinking of it first. It's got to be internet boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the internet comics drill is the max. You know? Oh. <laughs> and it's only just uh, it's that portrait, Jack Nicholson. It's Twitter avatar. 
online. You know drill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online. Yeah, you'll be uh, Lost Max. Boys. Okay, great. He's going to be Max. It's going to be weird Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, weird Twitter weird. Lost Boys. <laughs> weird Twitter For Lost a while, boys. according to the internet, they were trying to make the sequel was going to be Lost Girls, and it was going to be, I guess, female centric. And Kiefer's character, because he didn't explode or whatever, he was going to come back. But then they just never made it. And then they eventually yeah. made two direct to video sequels. So yeah, like Keller was saying, they're going to remake it. And I'm like, I don't want them to just recast those same characters. I don't want a new Max playing yeah. a character named Max. Like, I want a new head of the... Unless they set know. it in the 80s again. If they go full but on like, remake and set it in the see, 80s... that I don't want to do because that will never... It'll never, never capture what that movie did. No, if you because if you try to manufacture that coolness, you can't, like you. Can't, I don't think you could do There's it. There's something in the culture where like it's just is, I can't remember this device. It's like okay, so in the '90s, the '80s were remembered as super lame, and then in the 2000s and now 20 teens, we remember the '80s as an endearing time. But it's in the ridiculous. '90s, yeah, the '80s were like nothing is lamer than this. In the '80s, it was probably nothing is lamer than the. Style Disco. and Disco. aesthetics of yeah. the seventies, yeah. like yeah. So like after you get out of that ten year window, the twenty and thirty year memory of a time period yeah. is endearing. I don't us is, has a lot of flashbacks to the eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's cool and effective. But yeah, I guess you can do that with the nineties now. You, we're getting there now. It's now been twenty years since the nineties. So no you one. would have hate to, to break it to you. You're thirty five. Oh God. I hate it. Remind me. Reminded me. I I just. You're 31? Yeah. Yeah. I do this math all the time that's like, is it. I'm 28. People hate Pearl Jam now. Do you know how cool Pearl Jam was? The problem is is his fucking voice. But no one one hated it when in real time. Like when they were peaking, like no one was like. Yeah, I did get into. I did hear about Pearl Jam way too late because, Mm -hmm. good God. Scott Scott Weiland was the same way, and now Uh it's like people hate. That how do you Eddie feel? Batteries. How do you feel about Dave Matthews? Now, see, people hated him in real time, and Dave Matthews. Yeah, made. people hated you too, and made fun of Bono in real time. But the, mm-hmm. yeah. but Pearl Jam is like that's surprising. You too Pearl Jam has and Nirvana a weird was sense the, of awareness. And, and what's crazy, just in the envelope of the '90s, that Nirvana won the authenticity war mm-hmm. because when you hear her Nirvana, you're like, man, this guy's exceptionally sad, and then that sadness turned inward and he died mm-hmm. and you're like that's authentic and authenticity yeah. is what we're about right now yeah and then eddie vetter is like seen as like well you're just a weird voice hack because you didn't no he can play guitar as much as he wants and then hire somebody else to sing his weird listen shit. to the song daughter and tell me anyone else's voice works in that song like, so many other people's voices <laughs> so many like in, man imagine if a bullfrog wasn't singing through a garbage disposal <laughs> how dare how dare how dare <laughs> oh man it does not jam my pearls i'll tell you you don't wow. you don't have to like it but have the, to respect it, it. It's just a case in point that's like the, the way culture will change writing. their takes as yeah. time moves on. Yeah. And uh It's Shrek, dude. It's irony. It all goes back to Shrek. But I don't I don't Irony doesn't apply to the first half of the nineties and that's it's mm-hmm. that's its Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. That like it doesn't age well because you can't view it through an ironic lens. Mm-hmm. Only the back half of the nineties, the Smash Mouths. Mm-hmm. Remember the Spice the, World? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the the get what you give guy, the new radicals. Like yeah. you can listen to the or Counting Crows, you can even see like ironically, Counting Crows did straddle that mm-hmm. barrier. Oasis mm-hmm. lived long enough to suck on the far side mm-hmm. of that barrier. I mm-hmm. remember it so clearly. Culture changing and the older kids in the neighborhood hating everything. I was like, I like Third Eye Blind's first album, and they're like, 
you're super lame, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that pivot and being young and confused. Like, I don't know what side of the fence to live on. Luckily, I never liked Smash Mouth at all, but Third Eye Blind's first album is, is really I'll good. I'll tell you what, Astro Lounge was the shit. What they is had that? a bunch of bangers. Bunch of bangers. That's Smash Mouth's only album? First album. I think first they album. have multiple That's their albums. breakout they have a Christmas album. That's the Walking yeah. on the Sun album, yeah. right? You yeah. might as well be it's, Walking on the had, Sun. It had, oh my God, Walking on the Sun, uh, All Star, uh, the other one, the that's third a, one. That's all two of them. You named all two they of them. Had, no, they had a third one. They had Daydream Believer, which was a Shrek Then thing. I saw her <laughs> face. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't on that album, probably. No, no, no. No, what just for third, Shrek. What was the third song on Man, the album? Man, they got to cover a song for Shrek, yeah. as well as have their major, oh, yeah. major hit, Oh yeah, Open the Movie. Yeah. I, uh, hey, they're probably good guys, but I yeah. never liked I saw it. a picture that's today cool. of them having a cookout with Guy Fieri. That whole, so. yeah. But they're it? leaning yeah. into that ironic place. I don't how. I don't know, like... At what point it's like? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to be in on this? Somebody must have introduced them again as like a pranky. Oh yeah, prank. it's all on Twitter probably. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Smash Mouth guy, meet Guy Fieri, and they're like, hey, mm-hmm. you seem cool. We should hang out because they're like probably nice. Mm, yeah, they're they're, pro- they're probably, probably nice. Yeah. They've they had very comfortable lives. Guy. They're probably yeah. very nice people. But that whole swing, they're keeping the I don't, gel market alive. Resurgence was weird in the '90s. It was where everyone's Lou like, Bega. Sw- yeah, swing. Everyone was the into ska swing music, music. Killed ska, everything. Swing. I'm telling you, as the as the '90s unraveled and the internet gained sway, mm-hmm. Nolan ska. Nothing oh. could. I hate it. <laughs> nothing could weave together the way that like cultural movements. Like okay, so if you if we threw an '80s themed party right now, yeah. you would know what kind of decorations to buy, you yeah. know, what kind of clothes to dress in. Yeah. The 80s aesthetic is the 80s aesthetic. Yep. I don't have to remind any of you what it looked put like. Put the Lost Boys on on mute and then play. But, but try to throw a 2000s party. And that's hard. What clothes silver? do you wear? What wear was silver? What was the, the design trends of yeah. the 2000s like? Because after the first half of the 90s, One of those colorful IMAX. everything unraveled and mm-hmm. culture has never codified mm-hmm. into Agreed. a monoculture again. So, mm-hmm. Everything is fractured and will remain fractured culturally mm-hmm. moving forward. The monoculture that the 80s was, the first half of the 90s had its own version of that with the flannel and the grunge and yep. the authenticity over yep. everything. Bucket hats. And then you see in the back half of the 90s, like Garth Brooks is like, I'm going to try this Chris Gaines character because, yeah. because culture is fragmenting and I'm going to try to put an iron in another fire yeah. and another point in culture and it didn't take like just it's weird maybe it's not a tragedy but i think it's how donald trump is president where no one can see the same see the same image and interpret the same thing anymore is it because michael jordan quit basketball and then went to baseball that might have been it and then i think that is the catalyst he he cracked it open yeah he ruined the universe and And then then there was immediately a meta commentary on that in In space Space jam Jam. exactly that's where it all began that could be the the moment the monoculture unraveled (sighs) oh my god we got down to the bottom of it right nolan we're gonna be featured on npr this is gonna be our uh yeah whatever What's up, We're all lost in this irony fog. Like it's mm-hmm. hard, but that's. I think that the pendulum, the pendulum has been swinging in the opposite direction. In every, I'm seeing it in every facet of culture that I have my toes steeped in. I'm seeing it in superhero movies. Superheroes are, are the monoculture. People are, people are moving away from the Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan and yeah. a very realistic d- desire to see you know post nine eleven heroic politics and they're swinging over to genuine heart with guardians maybe of the galaxy superhero movies, of maybe superhero movies, movies are the closest thing to monoculture we'll get yeah. again but yeah. i 
when I was in college and I was in playing in bands, I remember the rise of emo was like, we're going to go back to authenticity. We're going to go back to mm. honesty. And just, I hated it. Yeah, they they really I hated uh, it when it was like Jesus. I I want the authenticity back, but don't mm-hmm. don't give me Fall Out Boy, please. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. Well, it's because all those were just only mad at being church kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, how, do we, do we want real authenticity? Voices from like very like people that have you guys real didn't tough do lives. Drugs. You're no, just no, no, no. Mad about such a being thing as church. like a cynical attempt at authenticity. I would describe emo as right. That's like yeah, yeah. It's like we're actively pushing this thing, whether it takes organically or not. Mm-hmm. It's what we've decided to push. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hated it, but Lost Boys is just—it's having so much fun, mm-hmm. thriving in the non-cynical pre-nineties mm-hmm. like tropes. That's it's like, like what you said about Snow Crash. It that it's just—I <laughs> so... love the Snow Crash so much. Just for the record, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A book Snow Crash by Neil mm-hmm. Stevenson. Mm-hmm. It is the most unabashedly. It's a love letter from 1992 to 1992. Yeah, samurai swords are fucking cool. VR yeah. is fucking cool. The protagonist is a mixed race Japanese black guy created by a white. It's it's a it's a wish fulfillment from a white guy in 1992. Like <laughs> his name so is Hero Protagonist. Oh yeah. It's just I've heard about that. It's so nuts. unapologetically the voice of 1992. Mm-hmm. It, it's and that's what Snow Crash is unique in that way too where it's 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 super cynical and not it, it's non-cynical super cynicism. I don't know how to describe it like it's really in love with uh dystopian traits like in Snow Crash, all of Los Angeles is just a series of walled gardens where it's like different neighborhoods, different types of rich people have created and they all have walls like you can it's just it's so And they contract out different police forces mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. per neighborhood. It's like such which a weird Burbank does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got him. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. I'm sending Snow Crash to Burbank <laughs> City Hall. Uh, Burbank does whatever it wants or like Plastic bags, we got them. We'll give them out. Who cares? We're, no smoking. We're, we're you can get like a four hundred dollar ticket for yeah. smoking anywhere in Burbank. Yeah, it's a Disney what? neighborhood. I it's, think. Yeah, it's it? crazy. Yeah. Burbank's a medium sized town with mm-hmm. the largest company in the world in Disney headquartered there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all Burbank, the city, has to do is, is keep to Disney. Disney happy and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. And NBC Comcast is mm-hmm. also which is like, why everybody wants Amazon to build in their neighborhood. Mm. But then your city is a is an arm of the company. It's mm-hmm. not a municipality as it should be. Take that, Burbank. I got you. Yeah. I got you. We, Deny uh, my permits to start a comedy <laughs> venue, will you? Well, I'll have you know that John and Barbara Burbank do listen to this podcast. <laughs> Barbara <laughs> Burbank. Barbara Burbank does. I bet you it is someone's name. I bet you it is someone's name. And she uh, runs everything. Nolan, you've heard this podcast at least two times before. I, I'm a avid fan Dude, of this. Dude, thank you so much. I listen to every episode. That's crazy. Either I listen because I recognize the guests and know them, yeah, or, or it's movie. a movie I want to hear you guys talk about. Oh, very cool. Has there been anything, well, real quick, has there been any movies that we've talked about that you haven't seen that you're like, I'm going to check that out? Gross Point Blank, the cool. most recent one. Like, cool. I'm halfway through that episode, and uh, before in the Akira episode, you guys are like, Gross Point Blank isn't doesn't hold up. But then in the episode, yeah. you guys sound very fond of it. Yeah. So the guest certainly does. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to watch it. I definitely missed that one. But it's a back half of the 90s <laughs> we did comedy. That, we did that out of order. We uh, Didn't we? Did we do... Which well, one we first? watched them out of order. We did Gross Point Blank first. 
I right? think so. Right? And then watched Akira after. So so after seeing they Akira, we were like, nothing holds up. We were like, we were like, everything's garbage is yeah. basically yeah. how we felt. It's, but yeah, but, but right after watching Gross Point Blank, we were like, this is fun. It's fine. It's but fine. It, it's it, weird. It's it, fine. It being a comedy from a that Cusack problem. unraveling phase yeah. of the 90s yeah, good point. is like what makes me want to see it. Because comedy it ages that. famously yes. poorly. Yes. And that was a very temporary and specific time in the mm-hmm. culture to try mm-hmm. to be funny. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm I'm interested in it. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about Austin Powers? First one coming um, out in 1997. I feel like that has a lot to say about what you're talking about. The, the Mike Myers of the 60s, the, yeah, Mike the cynicism of the 90s style of comedy. Yeah. Almost ages the day he makes like a week <laughs> after you see him do a character, you sure. sort of hate the character. Like <laughs> not, the guy is. Fairly timeless. It is. But it that's is. because it's rooted in the yeah. aesthetic of the first half of the nineties. Yes. That Wayne's World Two is already starting to miss the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it uh it doesn't it succeeds despite itself because mm-hmm. of the the thing he's parroting. Mm-hmm. Where like I don't know, man, there there are much smarter takes on Austin Powers than I'm going to have. I, I've never seen Go it. for it. Yeah, Keller's never seen it. This is what's fascinating to me. And after a few months of Keller and I watching every single goddamn James Bond movie, don't then we do sat that. down. Then if we you sat, haven't done that, don't. Then we sat down don't. and watched I've Austin seen Powers. and two-thirds of them just and, okay. living life. And Keller was like not into it. And I was like, oh, but, but, you, of all, you. but you of all people... Oh, I Austin love Austin Powers. Powers yeah, yeah. I, I need Austin to give it another Powers, shot. I think I was too tired. It eventually becomes aware of what Austin Powers is. Yeah. And then some of the charm is... Yes. Lost the Seth evil arc is the realist thing in all of it. Like mm. well, that give it away. That impression don't, don't. is so heavy-handed of that character of Lorne Michaels or of Seth. No, Green's? of of Austin Powers. Sorry, I, gotcha. I'm all over the place in my head. But like <laughs> sharp knives. Yikes! I I don't want to poo-poo Austin Powers, but mm-hmm. I d- don't want to watch any of them again. Oh, where. I hate to compare everything to MacGruber or The Jerk, but some comedies will last hot forever. Rod? And for, yeah. in hot, but after MacGruber, Hot Wad, Hot Rod hot feels wad. Hot Wad. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hot Rod 2, Hot Wad. And that is how it's done. <laughs> yeah. Slurring oh, words. That really nice. hurt. You said after MacGruber, Hot Rod feels. Just bad. a little tame. Just okay. a little tame. It's, it's a domestic. The hyper reality against the backdrop of, of a domestic story. That like the hyper reality of of uh, MacGruber is the. Have you seen MacGruber? I own it. It's okay. amazing. It's have yeah. You, yeah. Is it on this list? It's probably not. No, I think it's been added. <laughs> oh, has it? Wait, I wait, think wait. Someone might have added it already. Oh my god! Or it's come close a couple of times to getting I'm added. Double check. I'm gonna double check. So Nolan, because you've wa- you've listened to or the no, show, pop star never stop never stopping. Yeah, pop star was added. Pop star is not as good as MacGruber. I like Pop Star, but, but Pop Star is great. Pop Star is more accessible than MacGruber. Sure, I think this is was the, the thing, thing where our guest at the at, on that episode, um, John Piercello, I think he probably was like, at some point, MacGruber is going to get added. I'm going to add Pop Star. If MacGruber's not on there, not yet. It's not on there yet. What's your What's your pick going to be? Dude? I thought Catherine put Boy on there on her first appearance, but oh, I'm remembering no. it wrong. She. she I want Boy to be on there, time. but I'm I also no. When Harry Met Sally was her first pick. And then her second pick was Hunt for the Wilder People. So now you have to pick between Boy and MacGruber. 
Yeah. That's the one but here's decision the thing. I never want to More people are going to be likely to pick MacGruber than they are to pick Boy. That's true. In my personal Then opinion. let's put Boy in there because Boy is up against this thing where it's the most forgettable wow. movie title of all time. Yeah. yeah. And everyone I tell to watch it. Oh, Boyhood? Like, I've seen Boyhood? that. Boyhood? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they... They can't remember the movie I told them to watch, or they conflate it with Boyhood. Yeah. Um, so let me let me be the one to put Boom. Boy on there. If if we're confident McGruber's going to get on there, Boom, it's I'm on confident there. it'll get on there. Okay. John Piercello will come back on and put it on there. So <laughs> maybe just but before Boy. you get to the end of the 500, maybe I'll get another. Shot oh yeah, and then all. yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, after okay. the scorn that we placed upon you beforehand, <laughs> you'll be back for sure. We'll yeah. let so you pick you're, yours. You're next. coming back next year. For Boy sure. is there. Yeah. Yes. And I have done my civic duty as Good a job. fan of this podcast. Oh, I feel accomplished. Good. Is that weight off your shoulders? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I feel like it's off mine. I drank too much coffee and kept us from talking about the Lost Boys. No, no, no. Shrek is more important. There's not that, <laughs> to sum up. There's not that much to say with the Lost Boys. I said Corey Haim needs to close his mouth <laughs> when he's acting. But Corey, <laughs> Corey needed to close his mouth. When he's acting. I, I, I agree with what Keller said. Like, I don't think I need to watch this movie again. But I uh, so appreciated. The uh, the movie for what it was and and tr- putting myself in 1987 and being like yeah this was if I saw this movie as a kid yeah if I was allowed all about it. to watch this holy shit and it would have been, been more that. it would have been more impactful because I would have been in the Corey Haim age group exactly looking up at all the other stuff all the sexiness all the adults and going like wow that's what I aspire to yeah. now that I'm older than everyone I'm like get rid of the kids. Yeah. I'm like I'm like ah this stuff isn't really working for me. But yeah. to watch it with the fan Nolan sitting next to us and commenting on they did just try to do the experience and have the duel, yeah. and they didn't ever have to come together. Which you know now we live in a in post way. Lost Boys world where you de- were retroactively Lost Boys didn't have to do half Goonies, mm-hmm. and now that it you know now we all know that. But you watch the teen vampire genre spiral outward from this source, right? Yeah, the, totally. Like, Are there teen vampires before this movie? Apparently not. I don't think I like any other teen vampires better than this. No. Yeah. I think this is my favorite teen vampire story. It's it's really, really strong. And it's the way to, all the metaphors were clicking and it's, you Mm -hmm. know, and again, the reveal of like the nice older man that's like, oh, you're the, you're the Peter Pan. You're the head of the, of the boys. Like Mm -hmm. that all worked. And you run a, you run a. VHS store, which is bleeding edge. Yeah, technology. wearing that jacket with that shirt. Videotapes. Yeah. yeah. Talking about videotapes. It just... One thing maybe the internet just washes out is that, like, aspirational thing that used to happen in TV and movies. When you would watch Friends in the 90s, you're mm-hmm. like, this is what the cool young mm-hmm. 20-somethings are doing in New York. This is the life I yeah. want to live. Like, yeah. That, like, the internet maybe washes that aspirational thing out where you can see any point in the world at a glance at any time mm-hmm. with the internet. It's true. That for better it, and or for worse. It used to be like we have this 90 minutes to see what life is like for a teen in Santa Cruz. Yeah, and that's it. And I could go on Twitter right now and just type in Santa Cruz. What are the teens doing in Santa Cruz Santa, right now? I'm yeah. basically a teen in Santa Cruz yeah. with the internet. Yeah. In 19, yeah. 20, you, made it. you finally made it where you wanted to be. Always <laughs> <laughs> wanted to be a Santa Cruz teen. Santa uh, Cruz teen. Nolan, thank you so, so yes, much. Thank you. Guys, for thanks for having me. I love this show. I'm a for, huge from, fan. From the depth of my movie-loving heart, you when I are, When I walked in, Hector greeted me, yeah. and I was like, 
oh, I'm a huge fan. This is what you look like. I've only heard your voice. I've been listening to your voice for so long. That's great, man. That's so nice. Yeah, but, I appreciate it. But Keller's been obviously talking you up for months now, and uh, you're you're my favorite type of movie fan, which is somebody that even if you and I will disagree, like I love disagreeing with your type of movie fan because we can talk about Yeah, movies. there's a lot of vectors to approach totally. any given movie. Totally. How um, do you feel about The Last Jedi? <laughs> Dude. Oh, don't open this can of worms. Why? I hate it first time I watched it. Oh. Read a couple film critics takes and it's like yeah. oh if this movie is supposed to be a fuck you to jj abrams let me watch it through that ah. lens then i loved it yeah. then i tried to watch it recreationally for the third time hated it again oh. to me it only works if you're watching it being like yeah From an angle yeah the angle has to be fuck some of these decisions jj abrams made with star mm. wars and that's the only lens i've been able to watch it and have like a cathartic viewing. Yeah. Otherwise, it has very high points and doesn't hold together very like well for clump me. together. I I have that when I watch it. I feel that because I don't love every decision. Not just that J.J. Abrams did, but the prequels where they talk about the chosen one storyline. Where they yeah. and all the discussion that's been happening since that movie came out about that trope, about the Skywalker family, family legacy, yeah. all of that. So for me, I watch The Force Awakens and I go, "This is so much fun. It's so." Like fast pace, it's so great. But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here that the only logical course of action is going to be to make Luke Skywalker the Yoda. The yeah. only logical, you know, is, is to do that kind of stuff. So I love The Last Jedi, but at the same time, while I'm experiencing that of like, yeah, you know, poo poo, and on some of the decisions of you the can franchise, see the movie stuff I can, I can, and I, and I can, and I, in my brain when I watch it, my knives are going, they're going. This is also a love letter to. Everything Star Wars and love letter yeah. of that original feeling of like getting taken away. The fact that the movie ends on a broom kid. The fact that the movie tries to defend the idea of Rey and prove why Star Wars is important to everyone. Yeah. I love that shit. So I, I, I have both. I get that. I think I, if I, you watch it in a vacuum, like that's dependent on its place in the franchise and how long mm-hmm. we've been watching it. That mm-hmm. like. Which is the issue with making more of these movies? If it was on cable on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, mm-hmm. in and of itself, and someone might catch it as a standalone product, yeah, utter failure. Interesting, but but it, it, we know a lot of the things it's saying like and a lot that. of things it does are yeah. very r- righteous, creative uh, things for yeah. me. And yeah. there are there's like there are just moments in it that give me goosebumps, and I love. Yeah, but I think Casino Planet disqualifies it from being. One of the great, like it's oh, so amateurishly. I, I liked it. I liked ooh, it. The Casino Planet just <laughs> feels so bad to me. I, I dig it. I, I like. I'm what sorry it says. I did this, but you did do it. You're sitting there. You're sitting there, fucking pouring the Chinese food that's turning exactly. into worms, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, eat that's that. Exactly. Eat that. It's worms, Michael. Worms and maggots. It's worms. Michael. Michael Emerson from Lost. Michael, Michael Emerson. That's another thing that, that's <laughs> worth bringing up. That like. The guy who played Benjamin Linus, you found this out during yes. the movie. His name is Michael Emerson, yeah. which is the char- the seventeen year old vampire, the older brother yeah. who is yeah. like f- looking down the barrel of becoming a vampire. Mm-hmm. That Michael Emerson, who played Benjamin Linus in Lost, is probably very close to that character's age in nineteen eighty seven. Mm. If he wasn't seventeen in nineteen eighty seven, I'd be shocked. Mm. I bet you he was not. Uh, so you. some basically that explains Benjamin Linus is like this guy almost became a vampire. No wonder he's fucking nuts on this island. Uh, actually, no, he would be about nine. 
Yeah, shit. He was born in 76. No, no, no. That's his alma mater. He was born in 54. He's 64 years old. Oh, my dog. So being, okay. but yeah. Oh, my dog. So Michael Emerson, the actor, was born in So 54. he's like 22, 20, yeah. 22 or 23 when this comes out. No, no, no. 32, 30, 84, he would be 30. Did you believe that Kiefer no, Sutherland and company were oh, teens? 54. Oh, I, he's 54. 60. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? Do you believe that all of them were actually teens, or were they all 26-year-olds playing teens? They're in their 20s. Yeah. They're in their 20s. Yeah. That's fine. So then it's fine. It's, it's fine. the same thing. It lines up. Well, Catches. I mean, one of them's a Checks time out. traveler in Bill S. Oh, yeah. Esquire. It's true. He's Nolan, the same. Nolan, last question to test our newfound friendship. How do you feel about 3D movies? I avoid them at all costs. It, <sighs> and it, we're not friends. That was it, You've heard us talk desk. about it on this podcast, <laughs> yeah, it, though. It hurts... To wear glasses on glasses. Oh, it hurts disagree. my face. It's physical pain Disag- for me. No, we can, we can solve mine, it. Mine are a lot bigger. Well, look at mine. They take up mine. A lot. We can solve it here. Yeah. We can, can. solve I, it here. We can. Maybe. What I'm asking you, what I'm asking you, Nolan, what are I'm you, really asking are you, you. Are you willing? Are you, are you open-minded to be my friend? That's what I'm actually asking you. <laughs> are you open-minded I enough to I would, come I over and not. watch a 3D movie with us? I guess not. No. No, no, no. Have you seen Fury Road in 3D? No. It's great. It probably is, but like... There's maybe no, it's don't a, be that guy. Maybe don't it's be a that medical guy. Have you ever seen 3D like, on a television? I associate watching 3D movies with having my glasses crammed into my eye sockets of my skull. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Where are you going? The arc light? I don't. I don't blame you, buddy. I think that's the only place I've seen 3D oh, movies. No then one watches. We just them. solved Nolan. your problem. No That television Nolan. is 3D. We're doing it right glasses now. Glasses free TV. We're gonna show. We're doing you. it right now. No, uh, no not, but you haven't put on apparently real 3D glasses that are. Tiny little plastic pieces of We're going to do it We're right after. Do it right you now. have to watch so, it. you hear the glasses? No. The plastic clicking that, on the... No. no. You're fine. None your of that fine. happens. You just don't move. Nolan, <laughs> just be open-minded. Don't be that 35-year-old guy. Don't do that. <laughs> it's my Achilles heel. You know that. It is. You're young and cool and hip, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. I like 3D movies. You're one of kids. us. Hey. You're one of us. I'll watch 3D movies all day. I'll watch 4D movies. I don't care. Let go, Nolan. It smells, too. Let go. You're one of us. Yeah, let go. You're one of us. I got him. I've never had fun in one, but... The door's open oh because I'm, right. I'm Randy Marsh now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, Keller, we're going to have a hell of an episode next week. You know who's our guest going to be? Who? Chris Saldana. Yes. He's oh, my, my God. My what, are we, what, are what are we watching? Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. That's going to be a good time. Yeah. That's going to be good. Chris Saldana's my roommate. That's awesome. He's a great dude. We watched, he's all right. We watched Akiru Ikuru, right? Yeah. He watched, came over and watched Ikuru. And that was great. Yeah. It's a sad movie. It was so, so Such good. Such a good movie. Spider-Man's going to be great. Which one? Ikiru, I haven't a, seen the movie, but I think I heard this episode with Chris. Yeah, it. probably. It's good. It's good. The meltdown. Uh, and you can watch Spider Man right now streaming for free on something called um, uh, FX Now. That's like a streamable thing. So I get maybe if you have cable, you can you just need, go to you FX. need a cable login. You need a to cable use it, login. But, yeah. but if you have a cable login, you can go watch it on FX Now. It's streaming. Otherwise, you can like rent it places online. Also, you can find a DVD for a dollar anywhere. It's no kidding. And if you don't have that on DVD or Blu-ray, I don't know. Who, you who am I Google talking to? Google Bone Saws Ready. <laughs> yeah, true. And it'll <laughs> come up. Sums up the movie. Yep. Sums up. Just you ain't going yeah. nowhere. <laughs> just just rewatch Spider Verse, which you probably just recently digitally exactly. downloaded. Yep, I did. Mm-hmm. And then and watch the part where you he dances. Hear Cliff Robertson voice with great power no that's spider-man 3 comes great responsibility anyway so um so that'll be next week and one more time huge thanks to nolan fabricus you got it you nailed it i have been able to this entire time it's <laughs> yeah. been a power play it's been a power play uh but as soon as we tricked you into being open to watching a 3d thing for five minutes that's that's when i when respect he gained respect yeah <laughs> nolan where can people find you on the internet and is there anything that you'd want to point them to the to support anything that you've done i'm I'm uh, 
at shiftless hobo on Twitter. Shiftless uh, <laughs> we'll hobo. Shiftless hobo. How are you? Shiftless hobo. Uh, if you want to see some of my illustration work, you can go to nolanfabricus.com. Fabricus is spelled weird. Um, That's it. It's just spelled, spelled, spelled weird. It's spelled fabulously, if you ask so me. So keep uh, guessing until you get mm-hmm. it. And then how long until this is this airs? Monday. Monday. Okay, so tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh no! So <laughs> we're gonna start doing a Wayne's World out of my garage that Keller is contributing to. Oh. Yeah, and it's called it's a it's a show that is called Absolutely Fabricus. We've done a dry run. I think we're gonna go live. Yeah, that's gonna be a wet run uh, next time. Thursday. Can't wait. It'll be Thursday. Man, I gotta start plugging this thing, huh? It would be it's the fourth. Wet. It's Thir- April 4th. Thursday the fourth. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. Uh, just check Shiftless Hobo <laughs> for a tweet that <laughs> says, uh, here's, yeah, look for here's, the tweets. here's the new Wayne's World. Yeah, I'll throw out a tweet as well. Is it going to be live, pre-recorded? Yeah. I think, well, so live? It, live gonna, and pre-recorded. We're going to tape it live. We're going to stream it live, and then I'm going to do an edit with a theme song and Great. the timings like Where can people up. see it live? On Twitch? On, it'll, on YouTube? Be, it'll be on YouTube. Twitch YouTube. doesn't play well with the camera we bought. Got so it. it eventually will be on Twitch, but YouTube. that's a problem we got to solve. I can't wait. Absolutely Fabricus. Yeah, please please watch uh, Absolutely fa- Fabricus. We're going to do this whether it's a success or not. And I presume, you know, if you start something new, it's going to suck for a while. Yes. So we're yeah. going to be in People that phase. People hate our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're just waiting for mm-hmm. us to get through that first part. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to five years. Yeah, give myself years. permission to suck for as long as it's going to mm-hmm. take hey, man. to get good. You're like, suck the, with you're you. like, your guys are like the suck cut as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Thanks, Thank you. It's going <laughs> to suck our will to live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, so go watch Spider-Man. Come back next week. Chris Aldana is going to be our guest. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> I said this yesterday. I'm so happy that now we, as a culture, say goodbye in that way. Everybody <laughs> I, says It's it. because Bye. of Marina Mastros. <laughs> yes, it's because of Marina Mastros. She started it all. Bye. Going to be on the podcast in three episodes. Bye. Oh, yeah? What are, we, what are we watching with her? American Psycho. Bye. Bye. Bye.